The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. From preps to pros and everything in between, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome in. It's Monday. Hope you guys are having a wonderful start to your work week. We are excited to bring you all the way home. We'll be here until 6 on WZYX 94.5 WKOM 101.7 FM. Glad to have you with us as we get ready for the first week of high school football. It is high school football week officially with games that count beginning on Thursday. Locally, we have a few games. So get ready. I'm ready. Mo, welcome in. What's up? I'm not ready, but you're not okay. ready. I'm not ready. He wasn't ready. Not at all. But that's okay. You're not ready for what? The show or for football? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not ready for high school football, you can get ready this week as we will be distributing SM-TN Sports The Mag 2021 Fall Sports Preview Magazines. There we go. JP's got it on the screen for J- you there. JP the hand model over there. As we, as you see the cover photo with uh, Summit. Summertown and CA athletes who all brought home championship rings last year. Who's last next? Fall. Well, but also last year. Well, well, in 2020. Yeah, yes, it was last year, <laughs> but but I'm I'm trying to be proactive here because I kind of panicked there for a second. One of You're those, like, you know, who we left off. Blah blah blah. Like and, I did with Loretto. It, it, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> so um. It's like, oh my gosh, we forgot to get a Loretto athlete. Well, they won in, in winter, winter sports. Like, oh, Win- you're right. I'm I'm yeah. I'm dumb. Winter is coming. <laughs> Winter is coming. Yeah. That's so. that's gonna be our promo for the magazine. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, man. Um, we can get everybody in like Mr. Freeze outfits. Are you ready? Winter <laughs> is coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh man. Get them in parkas <laughs> and state championship. We only had one. We only had in one winter. So. so it shouldn't be hard to build you a fake igloo. I like it. I'm sorry, a fake, a fake igloo. igloo. We yeah. have to get Charles Pulliam to help us with that. Yeah, he would know. <laughs> he would know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, we again, we're excited. It's uh, the the magazine will be out. We will get it out to schools and hopefully to some booster club members here. Uh, probably tomorrow we'll be out and about around town, finding some spots to to lay them out. Yeah. So yeah. we'll let you know everywhere that we put one a, a magazine out, we'll let you know the list on our Twitter uh, tomorrow. So be on the lookout 
as it's coming. Kind of like winter. <laughs> it's it's almost like winter is coming. It's coming. Um, got some very sad news to report. Couple of couple of uh, Debbie Downer news news pieces to start the show, and I always hate this part, but we can't overlook the impact of both both folks that we need to talk about. One former Franklin County boys basketball coach Mike Holt passed away over the weekend. Uh, we spoke with Coach Holt just after his um, departure. Yes, as he called it <laughs> his, when he was asked. I, I think he leave. called a dismissal. Yeah. We, we, um, but, <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't by choice. No, no, he he no, it was not. Um, but yeah, he had been coaching both boys basketball and softball at Franklin County at that point. After previously coaching at um, Lincoln County, Grundy County, Tullahoma, and Motlow, so. He has been in that area for quite some time, obviously, and and did a lot of good work. And hated to get that news yesterday morning when I got it. And um, want to send out our condolences to to his f- family and friends and former players and everyone else that was involved with Mike Hope. So. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, also. Our thoughts and prayers are with Loretto volleyball player Addison Purcell, who had suffered an accident at her home, and there was a brain bleed that she was life-flighted to Vanderbilt. She was in surgery, and last update you said Greg Tips says she's in stable condition. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, again, wishing her and her family well as she deals with this situation. Um Traumatic head injury, um, never a good thing, obviously. A member of the um, Loretta volleyball team, mm-hmm. and Loretta was set to play Lawrence County this afternoon and Summertown on Thursday, I believe. I think they've got Columbia Central tomorrow. I'll be interested to see what how, how this affects their schedule, if at all. So right. we'll keep an eye, an eye out for that. Yeah. But, Want to wish Addison Purcell well. Yes. Um, finally, top news. Just uh, want to mention that the Associated Press Top 25 College Football Poll has been released. And big surprise, <laughs> Alabama, number one. Who would have thunk? I mean, I had them, you know, I had them like fifth or sixth, you know kidding don't come at me in the comments <laughs> don't come at me in the comments no uh, alabama number one oklahoma number two and that's that's something but okay well you know literally I, okay I, I, i'm, I'm sure okay yeah I'm, <laughs> and and i'm sure that Dabo will have something to say about that uh, he's got something to say about everything, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this as as we're. Um, if you're if if you see JP's camera, you can see we we have the television on some other. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sports so, talking heads. So if you will scroll down just a little bit, you already got that in here. 
Okay, uh, but but that's okay. We well, can we can do it now. Well, no, we can talk about it later. But I just wanna, we can talk about it now and later, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, I want to get I want to get some more on this preseason top twenty five. But okay, the 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 Tim Tebow failed block is coming. It wasn't really a failed block. He just, I mean it it, it, it did its the job. Purpose. It did its job, but we'll we'll get to it later. I just thought that was interesting because I looked up. Um, here's here's what I gotta here's what I got I, I gotta I, I gotta point this out because I'm just <laughs> somebody please tell me what LSU has done to be ranked in the number sixteen. What has LSU done? Well, I mean, they don't have a quarterback. What uh, Alabama doesn't either. Alabama has proven itself over a multitude of years. LSU has been there once. <laughs> and the only reason they were there that one time is because they because of the quarterback. had a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Give me one good reason LSU deserves to be ranked in the top 25, other than they're in the Southeastern Conference. They're in the Southeastern Conference Western Division. <laughs> that, 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 it's not good enough for me. The fact that LSU is in there shows that there is at least somewhat of an SEC bias. That's all I'm saying. Maybe there are those that feel like their unsettled quarterback situation last year had a lot to do with their performance last year. And if they can get that ironed out, that there's enough talent around that spot for them to be worthy of a top 16 ranking. And I think they were expected to be better last year. How many quarterbacks did they play last year? At three. Least three. Three. Three starters. Yeah. One of them. Two, is, of, two of whom were freshmen. One of them is out with a shoulder injury. One of them is, is that Auburn? in Auburn. <laughs> and we'll talk about that later. All right. And the other is the presumed starter now. Brad Johnson's kid. Brad Johnson's kid. Who wasn't very good in his two starts that he did make. So, But he was good enough to run T.J. Finley out of town. I don't know if it was him necessarily. I think Finley expected he was going to be number two behind the other guy. And from what I had seen out of Finley last year, I would have expected that as well. So instead of being a backup, and and would, and and would have been the starter. We've seen we've we've seen this movie before, haven't we? We've seen this movie before. We know how it ends. It ends. You with want you, with a you? It ends with a tight end moving back to quarterback. Well, that. But the on the other side, it ends with you mm. splitting time with an mm. an established starter. <laughs> And that's what's going to happen in Auburn, and what we're going to talk about. We're, we're going to talk about that in the next segment, as a matter of fact, when we visit with Jordan Hill of uh, Opelika Auburn News to talk Auburn football. But, man, this is something. It is what it is. Uh, at this point, the top 25 includes Louisiana mm. and Coastal Carolina. Oh, the fun belt times two. No, just one. Oh, what is Coastal in? Coastal is in the, um, not the Sun Belt. What are they in? I wish you hadn't asked me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 
I, we're we're over here not you know not talking. No, that's a, uh, that's yeah, good. that's because we're both over here typing in Coastal Carolina football and trying question. to. I'm pretty sure they're in the Sun Belt. Well, then Louisiana may not be because only one that is Louisiana in the WAC now. No, WAC is is one double A FCS. Oh. Look at me okay. calling it the wrong thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it, one of them is not in there. I saw I saw a breakdown of by con, by conference, mm-hmm. and it was only one for the Sun Belt and one for okay. wherever the heck else Louisiana uh, is. Okay, according to Coastal Carolina's wiki, they are in the Sun Belt. Okay, past conferences, Big South, which was when they were in FCS. I guess that would make sense. Couldn't tell you. Uh, mm-hmm. I can tell you this: Louisiana plays Texas right off the bat, so they're going to get a chance to uh, prove themselves if that's what they want to do. If they want to be in, they want to, they want to be you there go. with the big boys. You got, you got a chance. So you want the Kings? <laughs> the Kings is here. Louisiana also in the Sun Belt. So either, either they had them by division, <laughs> or. Or they messed that up because I, when I saw it earlier, I was like, "No, there's only one in there." So, point mo, you done messed up, AA Ron. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, JP. That's certainly interesting that you can see the Sun Belt getting a couple of options. So, well, I mean, both those programs proved that they deserve that consideration mm-hmm. with their performance last year, and again. Billy Napier and Jamie Chadwell still being on those campuses this year is a win. And I also think that's exactly why you see them in the top 25. If those coaches were gone, I don't think you see them in the top 25. I'd I'd agree with that. All right. Well, now that we got that out the way. Now that we know what conference Louisiana and Coastal Coastal Carolina are in. Yeah. Uh, No, no, I'm sorry. Now that you know. Yeah, well. Yeah. Um, let's do the rundown. What do you say? The Rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy, providing a Christ-centered college prep education at an affordable cost. Call 931-388-5731 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule an appointment for a tour today. In high school football jamboree action on Friday night at the Murray County Jamboree at Lindsey Nelson Stadium, Columbia Academy defeated Good Pasture 28-21 in two 12-minute periods of play. It was Dixon County 35, Spring Hill 21, and Creekwood 6, Columbia, I'm sorry, Columbia Central nothing. In the Giles County Jamboree down at the Brickyard in Pulaski, it was Fayetteville 28, Richland 13, and Giles County 19, Lawrence County 13. In eight-man football action on Saturday in Springfield, South Haven Christian took a 30-18 victory over Zion Christian in the season opener for both teams. In Major League Baseball action, it was the Braves 4, the Nationals 2. The Marlins outslugged the Cubs 14-10. The Cardinals blanked the Royals 6-0. And the Diamondbacks edged the Padres 3-2. On Saturday, Pittsburgh defeated Milwaukee 14-4. Philadelphia 6, Cincinnati 1. It was the Braves 12-2 against the Nationals. The Marlins defeated the Cubs 5-4. And the Cardinals 9, the Royals 4. A sweep for Atlanta 
secured on Sunday with a 6-5 victory. Cincinnati down the Phillies, giving the Braves the number one overall spot in the NL East with a 7-4 win. The Brewers edge the Pirates 2-1, Marlins 4, Cubs 1. In minor league baseball action, the Nashville Sounds struggling. 10-0 loss on Friday. On Saturday, it was a 7-6 decision. And then on Sunday, Louisville 2, Nashville 1. Man, tough times for the Sounds. No kidding. Major League Baseball action today. At 6 o'clock, the Atlanta Braves open a three-game series at Miami. I'm sorry, at 6-10. That game will air on Bally Sports. It will also air on our sister station, 103.7 WKRM-FM, beginning at 4.55 with pregame action. Um, Baltimore is at Tampa Bay, beginning at 6.10 on ESPN+. And at 7 on Big ESPN, it's the A's at the White Sox. In high school volleyball action this evening, you've got Columbia Central over at Columbia Academy. That's at 6 o'clock. Also, Summertown hosting Eagleville at 6. At 6.30, Kalioka travels over to Santa Fe. And you also have Hampshire going to East Hickman. Time unknown. Also, TBA, Independence is at Riverdale today. Loretto, as we mentioned, is at Lawrence County at 6 o'clock. Zion Christian is at Spring Hill at a time to be determined. <laughs> In golf action, Columbia Academy and Grace Christian over at Franklin Bridge, Community in Fairview, as well as Richland at Mount Pleasant, and Hampshire and Lewis County at Hohenwald Municipal. I assume all that is weather permitting. Pretty tough out there. I don't know. We'll see. But that's going to do it for your Monday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. When we come back, Jordan Hill of the Opelika Auburn News. Talk a little Auburn football, so stick around. Come back with us on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com.
covering the teams you care about. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, live from the League Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Live from the Lee Company studio, and happy to have you guys with us here on this Monday afternoon as we approach the bottom of hour number one. Excited. Look at that. We we don't have a McDonald's sponsorship, but after this, after that wide shot right there, we might get one. <laughs> um what was oh <laughs> uh, thank you, because my guess is no. <laughs> it is what it is. Man, rainy Monday. It's supposed to rain all week. I'm not here for that. As long as it stops about Friday night uh, or Thursday night. I, I'm not here for it uh, either way. It's it's just. It's depressing. And it's, it's supposed to be. Of course, it was supposed to rain Saturday and in Spring Hill. It never did. I, I'm out there at the. At the pool party, just waiting for the rain to come, and it never came. <laughs> so, I took my two hundred and fifty bucks and my, to my buddy. If you're listening, then I'm, I'm I'm I think I made a new listener. I think I recruited a new listener. So we also recruited a new listener Thursday night while we were out and about. Hopefully, supposedly. So, Quentin, if you're out there, holla at your boys. Yeah, yeah. Good dude over at Party Foul. Yeah. Yeah. So very attentive. I, I like I like attentive wait staff. No doubt. Yeah. So we're getting ready to bring in Jordan Hill, the Opelika Auburn News. But first, we need to tell you about our good friend, Jason Egley at Farmers Insurance. Jason Egley is proud to be your local farmers agent. Give him a call at 615-250-2723, 615-250-2723, and get smart about your coverage. If you are an educator or a teacher, Jason's going to give you a discount, so make sure to give Jason Egley a call. Lawrenceburg native, Jason Egley. Got to love him. That's 615-250-2723. Again, get smart about your coverage and call Jason Egley, your local farmer's agent. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Now, we can continue our SEC football preview coverage as we... Get ready to talk about the loveliest village on the plains and Jordan Hill of the Opelika Auburn News. Jordan, welcome into the show. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know uh, the weather's about like y'all were saying up there. It's, it's rainy down here, but we're just kind of keeping the countdown until we get to September 4th and getting this season started. We are certainly headed in that direction, Jordan. I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you about as as the Auburn beat guy down there. Did he get a cap? That wasn't that was on my list, but go oh. ahead. We'll go with that. <laughs> oh, did I you, that's where you were no, going. Did you get a cap, Jordan? No, no cat. We do have a dog. No, no, no. Cap, no. Uh, cap, like a ball cap. cap. Headgear. Ball cap. I'm sorry. I completely, I thought we were talking tigers. Oh, yeah. I did get a cap, and luckily, my girlfriend works for the university, so she's rocking the ball cap. Okay. There you go. There you go. Good call. Good call. Hey, ladies that can rock ball caps, not all of them can. So kudos to her. Yeah. Here's what I was going to ask you Were you shocked to learn that Joey Gatewood is back in the transfer portal? (laughs) 
That one, I'm not so shocked. Um, you know, didn't work out at Auburn. Um, I thought he had a chance to play at Kentucky, and, and clearly he was in that battle, but didn't win the job. So, no, I can't say I'm shocked. I will be interested to see where he ends up next. But, uh, but yeah, I'd have to say I'm probably not shocked he's looking for another school. Well, I mean, there's still 12 other SEC schools, I guess. <laughs> he, and, you know, he's got that extra COVID year they've given everybody, so – can keep can keep making those rounds. Hey, as long as we're talking about quarterback transfers in the SEC, whether TJ Finley. You know, with TJ, I think that it was a big pickup for Auburn. Not only, not in the fact that he may wind up starting, and I don't truly think he will, but I think it was really smart you get some good competition for Bo Nix. And I think for anyone who's gotten a chance to watch them uh, practice against each other or, you know, practice side-by-side with each other, I think you can fairly and honestly say that he's pushing Bo. And I think that's great news if you're an Auburn fan. You know, as much as you may think that Bo has his struggles and that Bo needs to improve, I think really two things that I think will really benefit Auburn and and Bo Nix specifically – one is getting Brian Harson and Mike Bobo, two coaches who have a really extensive background coaching quarterbacks, and then getting Bo some competition. I mean, he really hadn't had competition since, like we were just talking about, since Joey Gatewood was there. Um, last year was very clearly uh, Bo's job. I mean, the only guy that was even in the in the mix, maybe, was Grant Loy and, and the Bowling Green transfer, and he never truly was in the mix, so. Uh, TJ's look really good, and, and man, I, I think I really didn't consider just how big TJ Finley is. I mean, he is <laughs> six seven, I think like 245, and he looks every bit of it. But uh, he's looked really good in practice, but true, truthfully, Bo has too. And I think that you could really say that TJ coming in has probably pushed Bo. And, you know, him understanding that this is a new coaching staff that truly – has no ties to him as far as Bo is concerned. You know, they don't have to say, well, we recruited this guy. We kind of feel the pressure to play him. I mean, if he's not winning the job, then he wouldn't be playing. But to that point, I think he's done everything right so far through these first eight practices of fall camp. And, uh, you know, I think part of that you can attribute to TJ being there and really pushing him. Speaking of on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today with Jordan Hill of the Opelika Auburn News. Jordan, you know, up here in the Middle Tennessee area, we have been fortunate enough to, and please don't hate me for bringing this guy's name up, Derek Henry, uh, as a fantastic running back, has certainly helped the, uh, the offense of the Titans, especially Ryan Tannehill. How much of an impact will Tank Bigsby have on the quarterback play? Because I think he is what this offense is going to have to run through. I think you're absolutely right, and I think it's going to be huge. He showed flashes last year of being an all-SEC caliber back. But, I mean, you know, he he really didn't get to – you know, he's part of an offense that was just inconsistent. And, and, you know, he came into the season, and there wasn't really clear what his role would be. And then by the third game, it was readily apparent he was the best running back. So I think that they understand – uh, you know, that the, the offense is probably going to go about as far as Tank will take it, not only um, because he's so talented, but you're looking at a receiving core that has looked pretty good through fall camp, but is extremely inexperienced. They're replacing their top three pass catchers um, from 2020. 
So, you know, I think that uh, Tank's role is going to be really important. And, uh, again, I mentioned Mike Bobo. When you think about the time Mike spent coaching at Georgia, he had several really, really productive running backs. And he's coming off a year at South Carolina where Kevin Harris was outstanding, you know, was one of the the real bright spots in what was an otherwise pretty lackluster South Carolina offense. So um, I think it's fair to say that expectations are pretty high as far as Tank goes. and. And really, besides Sean Chivers, he is really the only proven running back uh, that Auburn's got. So I think they're going to really try to ride him and probably not go crazy heavy with his workload. But I think you'll see plenty of carries for Tank and maybe some passes out of the backfield. They may want to try to test and see just how involved they can make, you know, really one of their best players in the offense. Obviously, dealing with a new coaching staff there with Brian Harson coming in from Boise, and as you mentioned, Mike Bobo, the new offensive coordinator. Defensively, what is the value of adding a Derek Mason as your defensive coordinator with the experience that he brings to that staff, having been a head coach up here at Vanderbilt? I think it's off the charts, truthfully. I think, you know, as good as some of the hires they made, including Harson, I think Derek Mason may be the most valuable hire they made because yeah, there is talent on this defense, and there was talent on the defense last year. Um, but I think it was more about really maximizing the defense and trying to get the most out of it. And, yeah, that was really no secret the last few years between Kevin Steele and Gus Malzahn. Really, uh, the Auburn defense outplayed the Auburn offense probably the last three years. And, and the, the unfortunate thing really for the last coaching staff was the defense naturally took a step back last year. I mean, when you lose guys like Derek Brown and, and Marlon Davidson, uh, you're going to take a natural step back because those guys are NFL guys now. Um, but I think Derek Mason is a huge hire. I think that he sees that he has a lot of talent. I think specifically in the secondary, it's just a matter of kind of figuring out how they'll align. And, and he's got two linebackers in Owen Papo and Jacoby McLean that had triple-digit tackles last year. Um, I think he steps into a really good situation. And, you know, based on everything we've heard from several Auburn defenders, Owens, Kobe, uh, Colby Wooden, the defensive end, I mean, they are raving about what uh, Derek Mason brings to the table and just really the opportunities they see in this defense. So I, I really believe that this Auburn defense has a chance to be one of the better ones in the entire conference. Um, which will go a long ways in you know, seeing how competitive they wind up being. But a lot of that I attribute to Derek Mason's defensive understanding and, and IQ with the game. Um, and really the thing that I'm really interested in is once we get to the, the season opener, is just sort of seeing what his uh, lineups look like. You know, He's got a lot of talented guys, like I said, in the, uh, in the defensive secondary. Um, but I think we are still kind of seeing who he's going to put where. And uh, we may see them kind of juggling that a little and seeing who fits best. But, again, you know, I I thought it was a really great hire when they hired Derek. And based on the conversations we've had, we've talked to Derek a couple times through uh, spring and then fall camp. And and just hearing his players, I think that they are really buying into what he sees as far as the potential of this defense and how good um, the entire defense as a whole could be. I I think – it's important to remember that this is a team that gave up just 24.7 points a game last year with an all-SEC schedule. That That's impressive in itself. Uh, to be honest, Jordan, you know, this Auburn team, not a lot of expectation as far as competing for the, the West 
this season, obviously with Alabama and Texas A&M. Do you think this team has the opportunity to play spoiler for one of those two teams? I think there's the potential. And to me, it all boils down to, which has been the story of of Auburn the last three football seasons, is the offense. I, I really do think that this defense is talented enough to hang with like an LSU or an A&M or, or even an Alabama and stuff as that is, but you have to have the offense to back it up. And what's funny to me, obviously this is a new era of Auburn football, but one of the last times they started the season unranked, which we learned today that they won't be ranked in the AP poll, and we already knew they were going to be ranked in the coaches' poll. I mean, they wound up playing Florida State in the national championship game. That was Gus Malzahn's first year. So really, I mean, Auburn traditionally seems like it's at its best when no one has high expectations. Um, so I think, again, it just kind of d- depends on the offense. It depends on if they are able to consistently score and avoid three and outs and score touchdowns in the red zone. And that's I know that's some really general things you look for in an offense, but really the last few seasons, especially 2020, I mean, there were so many drives that I can think of that just stalled out and, and you had to send Anders Carlson out there to, to put three up. And obviously you want the points when you can get them, but if you want to be one of the best teams in the West, then you have to score touchdowns and do it consistently. Um, I think truly they do have the talent to hang with some of those teams, but I'm just not convinced uh, that the offense um, is going to be able to, to put up the, the kind of firepower that you need to hang with some of those teams. Um, but we'll see, you know, and it's a new coaching staff. And, and if there's one thing that Brian Harson and again, Mike Bobo have been known for is it's been, pro, you know, producing really productive offenses. Um, but we'll see in time. It's not going to be easy. And it certainly isn't going to be easy when you play, um, out of conference, a team like Penn State at Penn State. Um, but we'll, we'll probably learn right away, uh, just what this team is capable of doing and, and if they really can go out there and play spoiler. Don't talk to Georgia fans about Mike Bobo and, and productive offenses. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, hey, I, I, went to, I went to Georgia, so I, I heard all about it. Believe me, I, I know all about it. But if you look at the numbers, uh, truthfully, he did he did have some of the more productive offenses at Georgia. As much as I, I agree, he was lampooned for a good part of his uh, time as the coordinator. But they, they did score a lot of points. They certainly did. Yeah, man. I, we appreciate you, Jordan. Uh, Jordan D. Hill. Jordan Davis Hill on Twitter. Is that right? That's right. All the way out. Jordan Davis Hill. Find his work there and oanow.com, the Opelika Auburn News. Jordan, thanks for taking some time with us today. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to uh, your coverage of the War Eagles. I appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for having me on. And anytime you want to talk Auburn sports, I'm always happy to help. We appreciate that. And we'll probably be taking you up on that, Jordan. So uh, thank you. No, I'm always in. All right, man. He's, he's all in AU. All all in. in. I I will say this. I, I do believe that's probably the first time in our almost 11 months on the air that we've heard lampooned <laughs> it is and that's that that, that was, was a really good one too it it's, was, it's like it was. Yeah, wordsmith over yeah, there absolutely i'm a fan i'm a fan yeah. uh that was pretty cool he was a good guest mm-hmm. i enjoyed that all right so let's talk a little more football on the other side of the break let's talk a little bit about the murray county jamboree that we were able to attend 
on Friday night. So high school football on the other side. Stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Back after this. At CSH, we know the sport of football builds discipline, character, and work ethic. Three common characteristics of winners. It's a sport where we drowns out me. Leadership is nurtured, and that's why CSH supports all Murray County football teams and want to say a special thanks and good luck to every player, coach, volunteer, and parent of this year's teams from youth programs, middle schools, and high schools. We know football builds men that make a difference. Let's go. sports talk you'll only find here it's southern middle tennessee sports today live from the lee company studio with the hall of famer mo Patton. here's chris yow welcome back in southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint we are in the lee company studio and happy to have you guys along with us on the ride as we are 10 minutes from the top of the hour talking a little high school football always my favorite thing to talk about, personally, is this right here. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better. So let's let's dive in and talk a little bit about Friday night first as we saw the Murray County Jamboree featuring Columbia Academy, Columbia Central, and Spring Hill taking on opponents Good Pasture, Dixon County, and Creekwood, or Creekwood and Dixon County if you want to go in the same order. <laughs> but uh, a little surprising to see Columbia Central struggle offensively against Creekwood as they fall 6 nothing in two quarters of play. That being said, is there what is the percentage of chance that John Moore was being awfully vanilla offensively? I think there's a good chance that John Moore was being awfully vanilla. I also think there's a good chance that Central's play at quarterback has to improve. Do you think that's why he was so vanilla? That's a good question. Uh, my thought process when I watching the game, and I'm up in the booth, and I'm also writing my story about Columbia Academy, so I'm kind of see. That's why I'm you not, got your story oh, in yeah. so early, and I didn't get mine in until three in the morning. But yes, anyway, well, I, did, I wanted them. I wanted them to be far enough apart that they didn't, you know, hurt each other on social media. Um, Trust me, my story didn't hurt anything on social media. Everybody was in. Everybody was asleep. Uh, they were asleep. Everybody was asleep. But um, you know, as I was talking with. Drew Parker, matter mm-hmm. of fact, in the booth, you know, I said, if you do nothing as far as throwing the ball, just throw it as far as you can downfield just to stretch the defense a little bit to open up some some running room. And unfortunately, when you're not successful doing that, you don't really open up much running room. No, no. <laughs> so, and, and looking at this central team, to me, that's a concern, and it's a concern I've had watching this Columbia Central mm-hmm. program for, you know, pretty much the five years I've been here. Central does not lack for athleticism. 
especially on the outside. Especially on the edge. And this team is no exception. I mean, when you can put Jordan Davis at 6'3", in, if you've watched Central play basketball at all this past year, you know he can jump. If you put Q Martin out there at six foot, and if you've watched him the last three years, you know he can jump. You put Bubba Perkins out there at 6'4", you put Quandries Pete out there, you've got some guys that can go get it. And you've got to be able to take advantage of that. Yep, got absolutely. To. Because you've got – when you can open up that run game with with Christian Biggers, I mean, he put together a little series there where he was ripping off five, six yards a pop for maybe a series. Um, Caden McCoy didn't really show it Friday night, but he did show it in the, in the scrimmage a week ago against Tullahoma. They've got some guys that can make some plays, but the sophomore, Luke Usselton, if that's the guy, he's got to be able to get it to him. That's And that's, and that's been the issue over those five years, as you talked yeah, about. Basically since um, Darian Davis left. Yes, uh, after he did not play his senior year, right? Yeah, he played. Oh, did he play his senior yeah. year? Yeah. And Nick Butler – was fantastic as as always. So want to want to definitely show out show, show some positive. Some I'm telling you because this that, defense was really good outside of that first that first drive where they gave up a touchdown. Yeah, they were fantastic the rest and, of the and, night. And that defense is gonna be good when you've got Nick uh, Nick Butler. When you've got Isaiah Cordell back there at safety. I mean, when you get Antoine Moore back, and you've got defensive ends like Jace Hoth and. Uh, Malik Davis, number Malik nine. Davis. Yeah. And, hey, put this one down. Freshman, six foot 230. I didn't know they made freshmen like that. But Jaravius Hall, number 50. Remember the name because you're going to hear it a lot out there. Yep. So that, that team certainly has some, some positives. And that defense is definitely – you're not going to see a lot of this, that type of offense this year. No, no. Against, I mean, they ran a wing tee hybrid type thing, and they didn't throw the ball very well. So when they didn't get three or four yards on first down, the Columbia Academy was pretty much shut down. And, and Columbia Central. I'm sorry, Columbia Central was yeah. pretty much shut down. But, you know, that's, um, that's the point that John Moore made that, you know, Creekwood was kind of able to get them behind – on down and distance defensively because they were getting four or five yards a shot running the ball. And, you know, in that offense, that's going to kind of be the case a lot because you've got so much going on with the wing tee, as he well knows. So, you know, that's not an offense they're going to see every week. Nope. And I'm not sure how much scheming goes on for a jamboree. You, not much at all because you haven't seen him anyway. So Michael Harris had had fifty five yards on nine carries for Creekwood, and that kid looked fantastic. I mean he he was he was carrying the load for for the Red Hawks for yeah, sure. But they they they're going to go at first. They play Dixon County in their opener this week, but then they're going to go to region play in four A, and and they're going to give some folks some problems. No question. We've got to get to Columbia Academy here real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Columbia Academy, despite not having 
taking any snaps in the offseason. Bryant Baranek steps in, completes 7 of 11, 213 yards and three touchdowns, including a couple of bombs to Collins Malone. And when I talked to the both of those after the game, you know, the the ability to have someone like Collins Malone who can just go up and get it if if necessary, like he did on third and like 20, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that that's huge for them. He's sort of like that fire extinguisher, you know, in, in case of fire break glass. Yes. I mean, he's just, again, he's a guy that can go get it, but he's physical enough that he can, you know, take a slant across the middle and, and take that to the house as well. And he's going to be the guy for them. I think, though, Aiden Hatley is a guy to look out for for them as well in the slot or wherever they decide to line him up. So um, I was impressed with what Columbia Academy was able to get done with Bryant Baranek with no more prep than he got for those two periods against good pasture. Spring he Hill. Also, he also ran for 37. Spring Hill. Turned it over. A lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. A lot of turnovers. That's that's tough. And, you know, that, that 35-21 score looks worse because – Dixon County had some short fields to work with. I think they returned the first fumble that for they recovered. For a touchdown. For a touchdown. Um, recovered another one on the plus side. Punched that in. So, But late, Spring Hill really came on offensively. Mm-hmm. Mac Ritchie uh, started looking a little bit better. So, Caden Martin as well. So, I, I, think, I think they're going to get better as the year goes on. And I will be interested to see it. So, unfortunately, we have run out of time. But... Uh, I want I want to know the outcome of the conversation between Jeff Jordan and whoever he's upset with. Uh, he's upset and rightfully so. I mean, Jordan Flanders. Yeah, rules are rules are rules until they're not rules. Apparently, well, in eight man football, and apparently they're just you, you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. As my grandmother would say, well, I, I think maybe so, he should have pitched a fit. Well, he he has pitched one apparently, and so anyway, they they fell up at uh, at South Haven Christian, South Haven thirty Christian, to eighteen. 30. Max Brown with all three touchdowns. There's coverage of all of this on the website mainstreetpreps.com. That's right. Mainstreetpreps.com. Check it out. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got Chip Walters on the other side talking a little MTSU. So stick around as we talk Blue Raiders. So the Middle Tennessee Sports Today returns to the Lee Company studio right after this.